0: It's a jam-packed show today at Locked On UCLA. Let's look into the future. What will we think about UCLA's Class of 23 a year or two from now? And a price to pay for UCLA bringing in Dancin' Lynn, a big contract. We'll talk about all that on Locked On UCLA. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to the locked on UCLA podcast. I'm your host, Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer. Thanks for making this show your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your episodes and it's available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe to It every day. Or that means tuning in whenever the show's posted. Get your subscriptions down. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for the support. Where we're we gonna start today with all this bundle of energy. I know UCLA basketball. What are we talking about today? Well, we're gonna talk about ranking the class of 23, but not specifically ranking this year's class because if you look at different rankings and different sites, it can go different, go here, there, every which way. The Broads are still waiting for demara and looking for Burke, Bouillon, Tunchel to coming to come to UCLA officially, where they can update on the websites. But I was thinking, what if we look to the future? What if we think a year or two from now, when you re rank classes, right? You go back, you see these articles. A couple years down the line, NBA draft classes are re ranked, even college classes. Are re-ranked where you look at five stars four stars let's take a look at what UCLA's overall ranking is for this class of 23 basketball wise heading into this season and technically I'm going to use the 24-7 sports model it's not up to date because the Bruins are still waiting on some guys to fill some spots officially and this is where the Bruins currently sit number one in the country you've got Kentucky, Duke. USC, surprisingly, up there at number three because of the Bronny James, the Isaiah Collier, top recruit in the country. Then you've got UConn, the defending champs, Michigan State, Louisville, trying to rebound from a poor last season, Iowa State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Alabama, Oregon, Baylor, and then UCLA. So the Bruins, who currently, based on this recording of this podcast on the 24-7 sports site, as basically as recently as mid-July, sit currently with their list of five commits. So that doesn't even include a Mara or a Boolean Tunchell. So currently, they're 13th, and I think they would maybe crack the top 10, depending on how they rate Boolean Tunchell and Mara overall. But let's think about this. You've got Kentucky that always brings in four or five five stars. you got Duke, who's brought in the same USC, bringing quite the name brand recruit and the big-time recruit. UConn loading it up on the four stars, Michigan State, Louisville doing somewhat of the same. Bruins, the UCLA Bruins, aren't even the top team in their own conference, not in the top two in this year's recruiting class in a reloaded year. So if you think about it, if a dream scenario happens, of course the dream scenario for us as UCLA fans looking at these different things is ending in a national championship in a dream run, which makes Mick Cronin look like a genius. But if you add that the Sebastian Max, the... Brandon and Devin Williams of the world. You add in then all, excuse me, Jan Vide, Ilan Fible. You've got Burke bojan You bring in Lazar Stefanovic, who's technically counted in in that transfer recruiting part, and then a Daimara, who's supposed to be one of the most dynamic post-gets if the Bruins can get all that short up before the season starts. And I think when in a year or two from now that the Bruins surpass expectations, all these youngsters – play really well whether it's for a year two dare I say three then you've got guys who if you got Vide, Fible, you've got all these different players coming in it could be one of the best classes the Bruins have ever had and easily blow out proportions for this class of 23 ranking list heading into the list I'm using 24-7 sports currently but easily the Bruins who don't have any five stars they've got four four stars and I know we could have a debate back and forth as to what the ranking of the international guys coming in is how accurate that is who's wrong who's right maybe it takes a year or two for these guys to develop and maybe this ranking might get propped up based on how these players may or may not play in the next level especially at the nba level but i'm thinking that this class of 23 you re-rank it a couple of years down the line i know there's a lot of question marks it may not result in the most successful winning campaign, at least in the regular season for UCLA. But if things click, if you've got William Tunchell, who comes in and is basically a baby Jaime Hakes, you've got Mara, who I've talked about with different articles, different reading, flirting as a potential lottery pick. Vide, who's been flashing great things in Europe. You've got Fible, who's coming in, flirting for a starting spot. If any of the Williams and Max develop in this season. Overall, you could get guys who contribute this year, guys who contribute from years from now. This could be that springboard class that generates a lot of buzz for not just this season, but next season in the Big Ten or a year from now. If you got players still sticking around two or three years based on the NIL money getting thrown around, maybe the Bruins might cough some up by the time and cough more up when it comes to going to the Big Ten. I know Mick Cronin's not a big fan of that. That's a separate topic. But this could be one of those most exciting Seasons recruiting classes that we Talk about years to come I know there's a lot Of unknowns even the Bruins with still a potential Unfulfilled scholarship spot that, that they might not even go and get a grad transfer To fill that could be all Said and done despite what they've lost the final Four a couple of sweet 16s guys In the NBA competing for NBA spots Right now and this is the class A Cronin pivot right With Ivo Samovich gone still bringing In all these guys Cronin is The head man going internationally Imagine what this could do for the game of college basketball in, in the pivot of, hey, as much as NIL is important, what happens if you go to older, maybe more mature guys playing in these European leagues, these professional leagues where their contracts are structured to where they can leave, although Mars battling Zaragoza right now, to come to college and play and then do that one and done, if not two years, to go to the NBA jump and showcase their talents in front of a U.S. audience. I think the Bruins, if you look, let's take a look at this Kentucky crowd, right? This is what Kentucky's bringing in. Justin Edwards, Aaron Bradshaw, DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, and Reed Shepard. You've got three five-stars right off the bat, bang, 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 six, seven, small forward, a seven-foot center. You've got DJ Wagner. They're trying to replace Oscar Sheboy and get back to prominence because they've kind of fallen off these last couple of years. Those are some good high-name guys. They've got a lot of stars, a lot of props. they got some good stuff coming in. But UCLA has all this unknown factor, right? You go back. Let's take a look at USC real quick before we wrap up this first segment in terms of their four commits. That puts them near the top of the list. You've got Collier. You've got Paige from Marietta, Georgia. Brandon Gardner, who also played at where? Christ the King. That name sounds familiar. That's Brandon Williams, where he came from. He's a three-star. And then Bronny James, who we don't know how good or bad he may be because he has the name value in the local value, he's a four-star guy that could do big things for USC. I'm not entirely sure how that'll play out. But just imagine how the Bruins are going to be with their five, six, seven guys by the time the season rolls around for new commits, cr- recruits. Lazar Stefanovic, a name that I'm not even throwing out there when it comes to the transfer class, adding things and adding values as a starter or an elite starter, potentially or a good starter to come in and make some minutes happen immediately. The Bruins, when we all sit back and think about this in a couple of years, page this moment, middle July, go a couple of years from now because it's not like you have to wait in the NFL, wait for these guys to develop. Maybe in the NBA you still do, but if a couple of these guys go out, ball out in the NBA, a couple of these guys go out and make get all Big Ten honors, right? There's some of these recruits who can go all Big Ten, all back 12, with a 7-2, 7-3 center. You've got a 6-9 baby Hawkins, V-Day. Oh, I'm just chill. I'm just excited. Let's just think about that, how this could be arguably one of the better recruiting classes that we just don't know of yet. Let's think about that in the future when we re-rank, when the Bruins could not only be maybe the third team in the Pac-12 rankings at the time, they could maybe have the best team in the class of 23 with just their freshmen coming in, rambling, all that nonsense. We're we're, we're done with that. We're going to take a look at Danton Lynn's contract. A lot of that's been released. You've seen maybe various UCLA sites, LA Times, even New Jersey papers are picking up what UCLA is paying Danton Lynn. And maybe you already know what it is, but it's still great to give some thoughts and some feedback of UCLA paying a hefty penny to get some assistance to come to, the, to Westwood and coach for UCLA heading to the Big Ten. Does that mean something going forward? We're going to talk about all that and more coming up next on Locked On UCLA. In the meantime, I'm going to tell you more about FanDuel because FanDuel sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. If you're missing out on the opportunity right now to go bet, take your first bet, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, I don't know what you're doing. Are the Angels going to trade Otani? Are they going to trade everything? Are the Cubs going to trade everybody? Are the Dodgers going to go grab everybody in the market? Or who's going to get the best record? Well, the Braves, the Rays, who's going to get those best World Series odds? As a big Dodger fan, I hope it goes towards L.A., maybe put some money that way. Who knows? Go to FanDuel.com, get your first bet, up to 10 times your first bet amount, win or lose, up to $200 in bonus bets. But you have to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Go check it out if you're listening, FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that URL, type it in. And check out FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, an app that's super safe, secure, and easy to use. You get paid instantly. I know if you're putting in some World Series bets later down the line, right? You have to wait a little bit. But it comes to who's going to hit a home run, who's going to do something that day, hey, you can just bet on Otani to hit a home run or throw a gym, and you're going to get some money paid to you really quick. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now to get up to $200 in bonus bets, and they're a big official partner of Major League Baseball, FanDuel. America's number one sports book. Cruising on into segment two of the Locked On UCLA podcast, and, and the Bruins, hey, the football team, they're doing some big things. Chip Kelly with the big news initially getting the Dante Moore. They had to fill a lot of different positions, coaching-wise, player-wise, shifting things around heading into this 2023 season. You might have seen the Unlocked On Pac-12. How are the Bruins going to do this year? What's their success like? I was on another podcast, Locked On Pac-12, on Monday with Spencer McLaughlin, McLaughlin. Excuse me. And it's going to come down for the Bruins this year to be successful based on, of course, who wins the quarterbacking job, how the positions, the skill positions play. Can the line block? Yes. Can Chip Kelly coach offense? Absolutely. But can the Bruins get any stops defensively? If they get any stops, we might see a very fun, energetic, good UCLA team that is a very much a dark horse. And what many are saying is a very easy schedule. Again, remember that word easy schedule, easy pack 12 schedule to end their last year in the conference. As Bill Walton would always say conference of champions to try and maybe sneak in a, a playoff bid in a great, great, great dream scenario, everything in between. That's not what we're debating. It's about the defense and the head man in Danton Lane. those contracts coming out in what is, been reported by Ben Bolch and everybody's saying Danson Lynn getting a $1.02 million salary. He is the first time to have he's the first person in the defensive coordinator position in UCLA history to have his salary crack a million dollars. I know there's inflation, I know there's a whole lot of other factors there, but the Bruins are going up even more money from the last couple of position coaches of the defensive coordinator position. Even going back to the Jim Moore era, they're paying a lot of money to bring in Danton Lynn, a guy that has no defensive coordinator, defensive coordinating experience. This is a guy who maybe a decade ago was trying to be an NFL player with the Jets, became an intern with the Jets, reading from N, from the New Jersey site, nj.com, and talked about how he had to grow. I know his dad's Anthony Lynn, so he's been able to see the game, the game of football, a lot of that from afar and even being in it during his time in the NFL at various stops, right? Whether it be the likes of defensive assistant roles with the Buffalo Bills in fifteen to sixteen, doing so with the L.A. Chargers, being hired as an assistant DBs coach with the Texans, going as a secondary's coach in, in under Bill O'Brien with Baltimore with the Baltimore Ravens in twenty one, all those things, and things I might be leaving out as well. He's now the highest paid defensive coordinator in UCLA history, based on a little bit of some name value, what he's done in the NFL and the Bruins this is what they're going to be paying him. Um, Overall, the Bruins will give him a two-year contract, just over a million dollars, with a lot of emphasis on some bonuses. If you're in the top 50 defensively in total defense, $25,000 bonus. Top 25 in total defense in the country, another 25K added on for that bonus. So a lot of incentives beyond just the incentive to make a a bowl or Pac-12 championship game or a New Year's Six Bowl, a CFP appearance or a title game, everything in between. But this is a guy who, an undrafted free agent in April 2012, and now 11 years later, comes in and the Bruins are making him the highest paid assistant coach in the defensive coordinating position. My goodness, and I know there's a little bit more on who's getting paid for UCLA, but think about it. For somebody that hasn't had this much experience, at least in this position, in this role. the Bruins heading into the Big Ten, understand how much it means. How many games last year, last few years in the Chip Kelly era? Heck, even throw in the last year of Jim Moore, where the defense has just been absolutely gut-wrenching, whether it be it late in games, getting stops when they had plenty of offense to go around, and now here you are saying, hey, we are committing. They're giving hefty penny to all sorts of different guys, even to Ken Matalolo as a director of leadership coming over as a new role kind of behind the scenes for UCLA, the Bruins, they can see with that big 10 money, they're going to throw out some change. So even if Danton Lynn, maybe doesn't work out, we hope it does. I think there's a lot of energy, a lot of youth in that defensive room going behind tape and looking at film, getting recruits. You can see from beyond this year, the Bruins are going after a lot of defensive guys. Heck even Kevin, even Kevin, Kevin, excuse me, Ken Norton Jr., he's getting a big hefty pay. If he's on staff by December, if he's still on staff December 11th, his compensation for the year, Ken Norton Jr., is $620,000 after only making two hundred and fifty k only in his first year at UCLA. So the Bruins, they're showing, hey, we're moving to another conference. They're willing to bump up those, those uh, the, get a little salary bump there. So the Bruins, are they're committed. They're putting in the dollar amount. Now, does it work on the X's and O's, the recruiting, the intangibles with connecting to the players and making them not only good athletes, good student athletes, and building them for the future in the Big Ten? We can't say Chip Kelly's not connecting or trying, you know? They're making their impact. They're shoving out the money. It's adding all up. The debt's going to decrease, and while everything else is going to be a hassle and an increase, the Bruins are doing their best. Danton Lin with a big contract splash, that, that's a good that's a good payday for him. And we just got to be proud. Hey, the Bruins might actually throw a little bit more money football-wise, obviously, but they should. It might show out a little more. I know USC's building new facilities. Well, the Bruins, is that the next thing that's going to come? Facilities. They're throwing out money to the coaches. Can they get more facilities? I know we've had that long debate about will there be a new on-campus stadium, where will they play? Are those things that happen in the future to update their facilities and fan game day experience for the UCLA fan so it's not invaded by Big Ten newcomers coming over to Westwood or Westwood if it's a new stadium or to Pasadena? This, this is the start of something new, and seeing those hefty paydays, that's that's impressive. That's big time, as that's for somebody who doesn't have as much experience as guys in previous previous roles under Chip Kelly in that same position. I know, I'm fired up. I'm fired up today. The meantime, we got some updates about UCLA. Who's going to be playing in that exhibition tournament when they go overseas coming up pretty soon? Will they be in school in time? we got all that and more coming up next to wrap up Locked On UCLA. Thanks for stopping by, Locked On UCLA. We're going to get a good one to end this one here on the Locked On UCLA podcast. The Bruins, well... They're going to go to a big overseas exhibition over before uh, the season starts, before school starts. The the true quarter system starts. That starts late September. But the Bruins have to be enrolled in order to go to this tournament. And while there's two guys who are still officially waiting to make those words happen, the Bruins can't say anything officially, you know, getting the report, reading, listening to the bro report. They do a great job. The Bruins may be bringing some guys who – are available that may not be official yet. Adai Mara battling that Zaragoza deal right now might be able to get to UCLA in time for those early, early summer requirements to get in school. It's leaning that way only for him to turn around and go back home and play in his native, native country and be in a, an overseas trip back at home and playing in a UCLA uniform in an exhibition fashion. And then we could talk about all those things. That'd be great. So it's a possibility, it's looking good. And as I think the bro report also said, Burke Boyan Tuncella, he is also looking good to be ready for UCLA and playing in that tournament as well. Jan Vide, the Bruins have him, but is he enrolled? Is that gonna work? It's looking like he will be able to go. So this will be a big battle, right? Remember Dembona is not going to be available for this upcoming set of games, which leaves the Williams available, the Max, all these youngsters who we hope are in school in school for this, you know, summer session, this early August session to play in these games, earn some minutes, get some actual game tape, even if it's not real November game tape, even if it's not a secret scrimmage while they're playing at San Diego State, who ironically ended up being a Final Four team last year, uh, as national runner-up last year. Just playing games. We can get excited, see some game tape about these guys. That's coming up sooner than we think. And to see that these guys who were rumored and maybe, yes, oh, oh, looking like they're going to be playing games in less than a month in UCLA uniforms against some hopefully pretty good competition in a various amount of spots in Spain, that'll be fun, especially the homecoming for the Euro- for the European players. It- additionally, especially a bigger homecoming for a Daimara. We'd love to see some dunks, jams, everything in between with the post-minutes available. And that should be a fun time for us as UCLA fans to reflect. So big thing is, will they have a full roster? No Bona, but there will be a lot of minutes being fulfilled and being won over, at least initially, before practice really grinds into gear heading into the fall quarter. And then when the season starts come November, that could even change one more time, but this You talk about those off-season workouts. Well, they're still trying to get this team together, fill that assistant coaching spot who may or may not be filled by the time they get to Spain. I I hope that should happen. That better happen sooner rather than later. And it's supposed to be a big international coaching help to Mick Cronin, who is now keying the international coaching, coaching international recruiting with Ivo Simovic now no longer a UCLA coach. A lot of things coming around. And it's starting to turn and mold into a picture, right? What is this, what is this idea of what we think is going to happen? It's a little fuzzy, but it's slowly turning a bit clearer for us to visualize and understand what this roster will look like. And, and maybe they'll win every game by 30. Maybe they get upset. Who knows? But it's still fun to get excited for what's to come. Football around the corner, quarterback battles, everything in between in less than a month. UCLA basketball, the month of August, will be absolutely fantastic, which is why when we go back to more of a, a full-time schedule, Monday through Friday, you want to become an everydayer, everyday listener of the Locked On UCLA podcast. Hit the subscribe button. We thank you for your support. I thank you for listening, hating, loving, anything in between. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, and as we do every time, Bruins fans, get your hands up. Eight clap time, baby. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see UCLA, UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.